Well, as we move, move into our, our time of worship, I just feel it's appropriate as a church planter to be between these planters. So I'm going to stay right here for a moment as we look, and feel free to, to open up a Bible to Psalm chapter 66 if you would like, and I'm going to read just a few verses there. Psalm 66, verse 1. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. And friends, this is the Lord's invitation to everyone in this room today. To come and see with the eyes of faith His awesome deeds. Bow with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are filled with awe at your wonders. You form the mountains by your power and strength. Lord, you can, can still the roaring seas. You can hush the raging of their waves. And Lord, you can stop the turmoil of the nations. Lord, we thank you that even though you are high and exalted, even though that you are power and might, powerful and mighty, you watch over us and answer our prayers. You hear us right now at this very moment. Lord, you're taking care of us. You, you care for the land, watering and enriching it abundantly. You provide your people with grain and, and you bless their crops. The meadows are, are covered with flocks and the hills are clothed with gladness, your word says. And these all shout for joy. You give us everything that we need, everything that we could, could that, that, is our, our, that is necessary for our life. And moreover, when we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive us. You grant us forgiveness for our disobedience. And you bless us and bring us near to live in your house. So we're grateful that you revealed this to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, who suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. And it is in his name that we pray, and it is in his name that we praise you today. Amen. Now Zena is going to come and read the passage that we'll be focusing on today. Today's reading is from John chapter 12, verse 20 to 26, and can be found on the Church Bibles on page 1080. That's John chapter 12, 20 to 26. Now, there were Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. 
But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates the life of this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servants also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen something truly amazing? Or have you ever seen some, someone do something that you looked at that and you're like, man, my mind is blown. That is, that is so awesome. I'm sure we can all think of something. We, we've been to a great football match or, or sporting event. We, we've been to a, a wonderful concert or, or, or heard beautiful voices sing. Or... Or our dad just makes the best jokes and you're like, he is the man. People will flock from near and far to see something incredible. Am I right? And that's exactly what's happening in the story that, that we're, we're talking about today. People heard and witnessed the, the acts that Jesus had done. And there were all kinds of people from all kinds of places. If you, look, if you remember verses 21 and 22, they, they all gathered together and they're saying, we want to see Jesus. And then in verse 23, when Jesus hears that these people want to see him, this is how he replies. He said, the hour has come for the Son of Man, that's Jesus, to be glorified. Now, glorified, to be glorified, that's not a phrase we use very commonly in, in, in our day-to-day, is it? So let me just explain what it means. To be glorified means that you display someone as being great or beautiful. In other words, you display them as being glorious. You put them up on a pedestal. And so, so imagine that's, that's exactly what, what we do when, for example, the Olympics are happening. We put the best athletes on the world and we say the whole, to the whole world, focus on them. You're about to see greatness. You're about to see beauty. Let your, and, and let's cheer for them. We, in that moment, those athletes are glorified. And Jesus, so what Jesus is saying is somebody, meaning his father, meaning God, somebody is about to glorify me. Somebody is about to put my beauty and my greatness on display. So if you want to see something really amazing, just, just keep your eyes on me over the next few days. The time has come, he said, to see just how awesome I am. So what was he about to show them? I mean, they had already seen him make the lame to walk. They've already seen him open the eyes of the blind. They'd already seen him. Some of these very people had seen him raise Lazarus from the dead. So what else could he possibly show them? What else could be more glorious than this? So as I said, Jesus was getting ready to do something glorious. He was getting ready to put on the, the best show, do the, the most awesome act he had ever done. But just as we sang about, what was that great act going to be? What was going to be the moment that, that was going to bring him the most glory? Well, if you remember, it was going to be his death. Jesus' most important moment was going to be the, that moment when he lost his life, when he sacrificed himself, when he died 
for our sins. Jesus would show how awesome he was by becoming a loser. Well, that doesn't sound very awesome, does it? I mean, who wants to sacrifice? Who wants to be a loser? Who wants to give up their life? Well, for us, it's, does, it doesn't sound very appealing, does it? But Jesus explains in our Bible passage how losing or dying, in this case, could actually be a really, really good thing. Because all of the people listening to him, all of the people that have surrounded Jesus, they would have understand that God said that there was a price to pay for sins. And that price was actually a sacrifice. And in verse 24, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Some Bibles would say that it produces much fruit. So, what Jesus said, or what Jesus was saying was was something like this. Now, I have a, a bowl of blackberries. Who likes blackberries? I love blackberries. And my children love blackberries. When, when they're in our house, they, they almost disappear immediately. So I don't know if you realize this, but when, when a blackberry is growing on a bush and it, it, the, the weather turns cold, after a few months of being cold in the weather, they, they get prepared to, to die. And, and they, they fall into the soil and begin to, begin to, to continue to decay and continue to die. But, as Jesus said, after a few months when these seeds died, something else happened. A single death will bring new life. It it, it gives life to this blackberry bush. And what does the blackberry bush do? Does anyone know? Mabel, what does the blackberry bush? Tell me, shout it out. It grows new blackberries. It grows more seeds, more fruit. And then they die. And then what happens? More blackberry bushes raise up. More seeds. More fruit. And that means more life. More goodness. More of God's greatness spread around. See, that's what Jesus was was explaining. that, That when he was going to die, his death, his single death was going to produce this effect of new life which is going to produce new life, which is going to produce new life. And, and guys, we, we need this life. Do you know why? Well, because we're all sinners. And God said that, that when, when sin entered the world, so did death, so did selfishness, so did rebellion and rejection of Him. We became separated from Him. See, in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, the first two people on this earth. And and he created them to to love him first. God was going to be first. And then behind God, do you know who who was first after God? It was each other. He he wanted them to to love God and love other people more than, than anyone. He wanted to put God and others first. However, Adam and Eve, they said, no, 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 no. I want to be first. 
I want this world to be all about, about me. Do you relate to that? Are, are there ever times when, when you want to be first? Actually, I'm going to ask you guys, let's grab some microphones and, and pass it around. When are some times when you really, really like to be first? I'll give you an example. I was in my car yesterday, and something was going on downtown Cardiff, and there were a lot of people in the queue in front of me in, in traffic, and I wanted to be first. I wanted to be the first to drive out of town. I wanted to be the first to go through that green light. I wanted to be first. Oh, but I was frustrated because I wasn't first for a long time. I had to wait. When are some times that you guys like to be first? There's, there's one right over there in the orange shirt right there, Esther. Yes. We got another one over here somewhere. When you want to have a race. When you have a race, yeah, what? I like to be first too. We want to be first when we have a race. There's one right up there near, near the window. Oh, there as well. Oh. Let's see, we'll get one over here, Joe. Be first as watching TV. Likes to be yes. first to watch TV, yes. Pick My children wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday so they can be the first to pick what we're going to watch that morning. They turn on the cartoons and not the basketball like Dad likes. When I'm riding on my bike and I want to be first. When you're riding your bike and you really want to be first. When riding a bike and want to be first. Yeah, yes, we want to be first. Everybody wants to be first. We want to be the first to make decisions. We want to be the first in life. Do, do we have another one back there, Esther? Go ahead, go ahead. You're yeah. on it. We're, we're, we're sharing. Adults, you can share. I want to be first when we're playing bowling. Playing bowling. Yes. Want to be first. And yet, there's one more. Let's do one more right here. First in a pool. First in a pool. First in a pool. In the yeah. pool. You want to be the first to, to experience that, that pleasure, right? So have you ever thought about this? Why is it that we like to be first? Why is it like the, that we like to, be the, to get the, the first piece of cake? Why is it that we like to, to run to the front and be the, the first in the queue at, at school? What's the reason for that? What's going on in our hearts and in our minds? Well, the reason is because we are like Adam. We're like Adam and Eve, the first people. See, the Bible explains that when they, when they sinned, it was as if a seed was planted into the heart of every single person who ever lived. Why? Because we're all children of Adam. We're, we're all the fruits of, of Adam and Eve. But this seed, it, it didn't give life. It brought death. This wasn't a seed of love and joy, but, but it was a seed of selfishness. And so all the people, instead of being like this, this life-giving, fruit-bearing uh, blackberry bush, we all became like this rock plant, which if you touch this rock plant, it's, it's prickly and, and not, not very, very pleasant and if you know anything about rock plants, you, you don't even have to water them very much because all that good, all that life-giving, all the life-giving things that they have, they, they store it up on the inside. See, that, that's what we're like. We're, we're, we're a little bit hard. We're, we're prickly. And, and we're most concerned about, about making everything that we have about us, anything that, that we have that's li- that could be life-giving to others, we, we, we guard it and we protect it. And it's not easily shared. And so it was that, that Adam's seed was, was planted and a, a little rock 
began growing inside of each and every one of us. That's what what Jesus came to rescue us from. He came to rescue us from that rock. And so the Bible tells us in, in, in 1 Peter that that we can be with Jesus, with faith in Jesus, we can be born again, not of a perishable seed, but of an imperishable one through, living, through the living and enduring word of God. See, Jesus came, he, he lived and he preached his word, he died and, and he sent people out to tell you about it. Why? Because he was the first man ever to say, I'm going to be first to decide to be last. I'm going to be first to be last. I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to give my life for people's sins. That way they can have new life, the kind of life that I meant for them to live. And then he, he rose from the dead so his life in us could, could begin to bear fruit and bring joy and life to, to all of those around us. And when we believe in what God, God's word says about Jesus, he, he takes Adam's seed out of us, and and he plants his life in us, and and he begins to bring new life, not only to us, but but to all those around us. See, see, God takes out that, that, that seed of sin and replaces it with a seed of life. Hundreds of years before, before Jesus came, actually, God sent a messenger named Ezekiel who, who said, who talked about this very thing. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your, from, from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, one that is soft. And then I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees, my rules, and be careful to keep my laws. Let me ask you a question to everyone in here. Have you received that new heart? Is is, is your heart more more like this? Closed and protective of yourself, selfish? Or is it it like the heart of Jesus, life-giving, fruit-bearing, and generous, multiplying goodness and life all around you? So that's, that's what it means to be saved. That's what, what Jesus came to do. He came to save you from sin, selfishness, and make you into a person who, who brings life. So that's what happens when, when we believe in the good news about Jesus. God puts his fruit in us and, and makes us more and more like Jesus. He takes us out of the family of Adam and puts us in the family of Jesus. And, and we become more like him. And so in the next verses, in verses 25 and 26, Jesus begins to explain that in the same way that, that seeds make seeds, which make seeds and bring life to everyone around him, around them, Jesus said that he would make more people just like him. More people that would, would spread his fruit. He was going to make more people who would be brave enough to say, because I follow Jesus, I'm, going to, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to think of others. I'm going to sacrifice for others. I'm going to give my life, my time, my resources, my things for others. I'm going to serve others. I'm going to be the next 
to say that I'm last. But Jesus explained this in a very strange and difficult way, didn't he? He said, anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Well, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? That sounds a bit rude. Why, why would we hate our life? After all, we're, we're part of God's great family. We're his creation, his crown jewel. Well, you have to understand that, that people just kind of talk differently in Jesus' day sometimes. There, there's a lot of things that, that, that we would say today that, that, that people wouldn't understand 20 years ago. They're, we just all have different phrases, different expressions. And, and basically, let me help you understand what Jesus was saying. I'm going to invite Esther up here. So here's how we understand what Jesus meant by, by saying anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it. So I want you to pretend with me that we're all going to Esther's house yeah. for a cuppa. Come and have a cuppa, yeah. Let's have some biscuits, shall all we? All right. Yeah? Yeah. Biscuits. Biscuits? I love, do you love biscuits? Yeah. Yes! I love biscuits. So what, what kind of biscuits do you have for us, Esther? Well, here, let me help you here. I can, well, I can Ricky, I did hear that you really love custard cream since coming to the UK. So I've got some custard creams right there. That's right. Um, just a few, just a few. Can, can uh, you believe it that I never even knew what a custard cream was? Never even tried one until I moved to the UK. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd love so, some custard and, and do you know what I found out? I found out that I really, really love custard creams. For 40p, you can buy a huge pack. And you get a cup of milk, and when your children go to bed, you can eat them all night and get the whole package to yourself. So, so, yeah, I love custard creams. But you see, Ricky, I didn't know if you maybe wanted another biscuit, so I also got you some Oreos. Like all of them. Oh, a tough choice. The, the, these are the, the biscuits of my childhood. I love Oreos. You know, I, I would say that even though I really like custard creams, actually, I say I love custard, but, but I love Oreos even more. So, if I came to your house for, for, for tea... I probably would sit on that side of the table and only eat the Oreos. What do you think? Well, Ricky, you might make me think that you really hate custard creams because you haven't touched the custard creams. Well, well, no, no, it doesn't mean I hate. I I just like Oreos so much more that, you know what, I don't even care about the custard creams because when Oreos are there, I'm I'm not so concerned with custard creams. I might actually, I'll just give the custard creams away. I'll give one to Toby. (laughs) I'll give one to Jeff. Because why would I want custard creams? Oh, I'll give, give some over there. Sorry, I'm left-handed. I just, oh, there we go. Every, we, we can just give it away. Why? Because, because Oreos are so much better. Now, sorry to offend you, Esther. It's not that I hate custard creams. I just love Oreos more. So I'm willing to, to get rid of them, to, to share them. And you know what? That's, that's what Jesus meant. He wasn't saying that we literally hate our, our own lives. What he was saying was all those things that kind of revolve around you, all those things that, that, he, wants, that, that he could give you that could potentially make you selfish, things like your time, your money, those things that are yours and those, those things that kind of are all about me, me, me. He says, well, you know, if, if, if you love me more, you're just not going to be attached to them. 
You're, you're just, you're going to give these things out. Sorry, Finley. That was, my daughter just got hit by a biscuit. We're, we're, we're going to be unattached to me. It's not that I literally hate myself. It's just that, I, that when I love Jesus this much, people are going to say, well, it's, it's as if he, he doesn't care about his time. He just gives it up for other people. He doesn't care about his money. He gives it up to, to other people. So Esther, yeah, if I came to your house... I probably wouldn't touch these too much. I would give them away. I would, I would just take the thing that I love more. So, so it is that, that when Jesus tells us to hate our lives, he just meant that he wants us to love him so much that your affections and preference for everything else wouldn't even compare. That's what he means. And so we, what might this look like in... In our everyday lives. Well, I'm going to tell you about two of my friends. Okay, they're my imaginary friends. One name's Jill. And, and, and you see Jill's picture up on, on the screen. Well, so, so Jill, Jill really loves Jesus. And she really loves chocolate. And, and when, she, when Jill was coming to church this morning, her, her parents bought her one of those big Tony's chocolate bars. Oh, Yeah. And, and she, she opened it up and, and broke off one of those misshaped pieces and, and, and tasted it. And she said, wow, this is, this is so good. I would like to eat all of this. But there was a time when, when Jill became a Christian. She said, I, I want to be last. I want to be last like Jesus. So she decides to share God's blessings with, with all of those around her. So she shows up and she has this big chocolate bar. She breaks off pieces and, and just hands it out to her friends. And all of her friends say, well, what's wrong with you? Don't you like chocolate? Well, we all know, no. She just loves Jesus more. She loves God more than God's gifts. Well, and then there's my friend Jack. Jack, he's a successful businessman. And, and you know what? Jack really loves Jesus, and he really likes talking to people. So when Jack goes to work he, and, and he, he talks to his, his colleagues, he, he said, you know what? At work, in my conversations, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be last, just like him. So, so when he's talking with people, he asks a lot of questions, and he listens to their answers. He tries not to interrupt them and, and think, uh, think about it while they're talking, how he can turn the conversation to himself. No, he, in those conversations, he says, I'm last. Jesus and everyone else is before me. That, that's what it looks like to be the next to say I'm, I'm last. What could be some other examples? Let's, let's get some microphones again. You guys help me out with this. What could it look like for us to share, for us to be the next to say that I'm last. Does anybody have many ideas? Adults, be really great. Oh, there's one right there. Don't forget it's all age service. So if you're over the age of 11, you can, you can raise your hand as well. 
My toys. Your toys. Yes. Those things that are so precious, we want to share those with others. Any over here? My Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. That's right. It even, the little controllers come off so you can share it with a friend. I would be last for my friend to go on the water slide. Oh, you, you would let them go in the queue before you. That's so sweet. Yeah. See, these are the types of things that we can do. We'll, we'll go ahead and put the mics away. We, we can think of others before ourselves. And God says in, in, in this last verse, this is the most glorious way to live. See, Jesus' greatest miracle was that he said, I'm going to be last. I'm going to give myself up for you. And that's the greatest miracle he does in us as well, is he creates an entire community called his church of people that decide, I'm going to be last. I'm going to love God and love my neighbor first. But do you know what's so amazing about this? Is this is what he says. He, he says, whoever serves me must follow me. Of course, following me means I also become last. But it says that the Father will honor the one who serves me. He said before that that, that he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So somehow, when... We love God most and we put God on our plate. God then takes the other things that we love and he puts that on our plate as well. And then this is what our life looks like. It's glorious. It's beautiful. So, so what happens is that when we love God, we, we get God, but then God gives us the life that he meant for us to have. Not the, the life that was... was was uh, that, that we've kind of created for ourselves. No, instead, he gives us the life that, that Adam and Eve lost in the garden. You get to experience real life, the kind of life that God made you to experience, a life that is, that is free to obey God, free to love others, and free to, to spread joy in his love all around you. So to everyone in this, this room, let, let me ask you, which of these two lives, which of these plates is a better reflection of, of your life? Do you hold on to your biscuits? Or do you have the, the joy of, of knowing God and knowing true life? Friends, will you be the next to say, I'm last, and be content to live for Jesus? Let's pray. Father, you're so good to us. And you displayed your, your great love to us when you gave your son. And Jesus, we thank you that you paid for our sins with your death. And that that death can give us new life, true life. And we pray that we would be people just like you. People that follow you in loving God first and loving our neighbor. Let us become ones who say that I'm last. We ask for your help, and we thank you that you do help us in this. In Jesus' name, amen.